Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the NMA podcast. I'm James Fitzgerald, reporter at New Model Advisor magazine. And today I'm speaking with Darren Sharkey, Managing Director at Quilter's National Advice Business. Uh, last month, NMA revealed Quilter Financial Advisors had merged to acquired advice businesses Charles Darby and Lighthouse, which they purchased last year, into their Quilter Financial Advisors business arm. Speaking with Sharky, we discover how the advisors they have brought on through those acquisitions are getting on, while also discussing how Quilter's advisors are ramping up their service proposition during the COVID-19 pandemic. So please sit back, grab a cuppa and enjoy. So I'm here with uh, Darren Sharkey at Quilter Financial Advisors. How are you, Darren? Hi, James. I'm very good. Thank you. Um, now, just talking, um, especially Quilter, with its you know, breadth and size um, during this current pandemic, um, you, know, you, you do have a lot of moving parts to deal with. Um, and especially, well, how may I ask, uh, you know, all your advisors working through this at the moment and what guidance are you giving them? Yeah, so, so as you said, Quilter is a, is a large and uh, scalable business, which I think gives us an advantage in this current uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. In terms of the overall guidance we're given to advisors, the, the core thing is we continue to believe in personalised professional financial advice. That's mm-hmm. core to our proposition and core to what uh, Quilter PLC believe. So that's unchanged. But obviously, our clients, both existing and target, need access to quality financial advice at this time. And to do that, we need to provide that access to them in a remote uh, advice fashion. Mm. So, so we've really taken two approaches. The first is to educate, inform, and train our advisors on how to provide good quality advice when using either video or telephone, mm-hmm. uh, which has been the core focus for the last two or three weeks and the first two or three weeks of the pandemic, uh, as well as identifying opportunities where developments we were going to take, uh, we can fast track because they believe they delivered a tangible benefit to clients. And an example of that would be our, the launch of our telephone advice service, which we believe will provide access to flexible and cost-effective advice to a number of potential clients for whom traditional face-to-face advice wasn't an option either due to preferences or affordability. Mm. And it's, it's, well, the telephone advice service is you know, terribly important, especially now, um, as you were just saying. Um, when did you launch that advice service, if I may ask? So, so we piloted it within uh, a business we acquired called Charles Darby, which is now uh, rebranded as Quilter Financial Advisors. So we, we set it up in Preston a little while ago, uh, and it's got a kind of defined process that it follows, all calls are recorded, uh, and we wanted to make sure that that was working effectively, mm-hmm. which we believe it is, uh, and therefore our plans were to broaden out the, it to cover a broader customer spectrum. And in particular, when we acquired the Lighthouse business, it has a number of affinity relationships in its Lighthouse financial advice business for whom we think this is a significant advantage. So it was part of our plans to do it for that. But given the COVID-19 pandemic, we've decided to fast track it and launch it earlier than our original plan. Okay, and as part of, um, can you run me through some of the backroom um, Backroom, um, you know, measures how it works uh, in terms of, you know, how advisors are really set up to deal with this um, and really set up to give that advice. Can you just fill me a little bit more about it? In terms of telephone, James, or more generally? Uh, in terms of the telephone, in terms of the process with the uh, telephone advice service. Yeah, so we go through the uh, same advice process we would face-to-face, but, but mm-hmm. we do it remotely. 
Uh, so we go through, for example, the fact-finding information gathering phase. Because it's on a telephone uh, basis, we record the telephones. The way in which you engage with a client over the telephone is more structured. Uh, mm -hmm. So you follow a scripted process. Uh, for example, we need to identify vulnerabilities. If a client is vulnerable, then we will pass the client across to it. Uh, a face-to-face -face or video-based uh, advice process. So we have very strict criteria how to follow that. We then follow up, it goes through the same controls and review. So if it's a, what we call a higher risk case, so for example, a pension transfer would be an example of that. Mm -hmm. It would then go through our standard case checking process where you would have an independent assessment of the suitability of the advice. The client could access the recording if at any time they wanted to, and if, if, uh, gives a permanent record of the advice that was given. Uh, what we found is there are certain of our advisors who are very skilled at this, uh, but it is a different skill set to, to uh, advisors who are more traditionally face-to-face -face focused and build that empathy in a personal and more of a over time period. Mm. How are they, um, how are the advisors finding it at the moment? Um, you know, this video advice or phone advice is you know, new to us all. Um, are they finding it's cutting through to the clients and there's good feedback? Uh, yeah, so I think you, you, you find a range of that. So, so within the national advice business, which I'm the managing director, we, we have advisors all the way from those who've joined the industry specifically to train as a financial advisor through our financial advisor school. Mm. And we have kind of trained them and developed them. Uh, those, those guys, very, very comfortable with, with all forms of technology. So, so they've really embraced it and they, they find it really, really effective. Through, to, through acquisitions, we have acquired advisors who are at the older end of the spectrum who have spent their whole career being about visiting the client, spending time with the client in the client's location and building that relationship. And for mm. some of those advisors, they found it more difficult. Uh, what we do is we train them so if you have a specific need, we help you through that. We, we test, we train, and we, through our management, ensure that you are using it and you get more and more proficient. If you are uncomfortable, what we do is we'll create a peer group. So you can use the first couple of times, you can use videos with a colleague and just test that it's working, that you can access the files and that it works. So generally, feedback is very, very strong. But some people have taken to it like a duck to water, and some people need more support. Mm. Uh, I think what we found actually the biggest challenge uh, for our advisors is they are social animals. So, so by nature, they like to spend time with people. They like to spend time engaging uh, either in groups or individually with clients. And working remotely has probably for those guys been the biggest challenge in doing everything, either telephone or video, when they are so social. Uh, in terms of outlook, that's that's actually been the biggest challenge for us. Mm. So advisors getting a cabin fever because they can't have face-to-face -face meetings. Yeah, exactly. And the nature of the people who go into financial advice like people that they like that engagement, they like the client contact. So that's been difficult, and we've been encouraging them to find ways, use different types of social media and different types of activities to encourage them to do that. Mm. Is this one of um, you know? It's obviously a very uh, troubling period for many of us, uh, especially you know clients out there. Do you think that one of the silver linings out of this is more regular client contact from advisors um, and you know more tech training for those that are you know more as I said earlier more you know 
analog based or yeah. aren't quite used to technology? Yeah, I, I we're, we're still in the midst of this pandemic. We're, we're mm. four weeks in from a UK perspective. So, so it's potentially too early to predict what will come out of this for the long term. But, but I think for me, there's probably three areas that I, I would expect that we, we would take on board. The, the first one is increasing use of technology. The advice industry has been slow to embrace uh, digital telephone video uh, based technology. I think we will find that clients like it. It's more flexible for them. And we will find that over time, the majority of advisors find it, find it more uh, flexible is one. I agree with your point around proactive client contact. Clients are going through so much uncertainty at the moment. We've been encouraging our advisors to reach out to their clients and just check in. You know, how are things? Are you coping well? And just be that kind of trusted partner, trusted advisor. And clients really appreciate that contact when it isn't scheduled and, and it isn't planned. Uh, it's the second one. I, I think the third one, sorry, the additional part from our side, will be around our back office and middle office processes. Mm. Our areas like para planning and client administration, I think we will find that actually some of our uh, staff are far more effective and productive in working in a remote environment than in a traditional office environment. And I mm. think we'll embrace that more permanently going forward for those uh, members of staff for whom they see that as advantageous. And similarly, remote and video-based meetings, I think are becoming increasingly uh, normal uh, in other industries, but the advice industry has been slow to adopt that. I think that will, we will adopt that more thoroughly going forward. And lastly, I think the best advice businesses, the better businesses out there, they will have focused their activities at this time and deliver for clients. And by doing that, clients will have built deeper trust for those advisors and advice firms. And I think that will stand both parties in good stead for the longer term. Mm. I suppose your point about technology too, it has really, you know, advice can be you know, fairly analog at times, which, you know, which is a good thing. Um, and I think some of those, in my opinion anyway, some of those firms who have um, been tech savvy and very nimble before this lockdown period are the ones that are really benefiting, um, you know, both ways, clients benefiting and the firms benefiting because they, you know, it's kind of nothing's really changed. They just don't, you know, have client visits um, face to face anymore. Um, would you agree with that? Uh, I, I think you'll you'll see a range for, from clients. So, so I think you will have seen, we've gone pre-COVID and where we are today, you will have seen clients for whom actually they prefer things being done digitally. Mm. They're used to that and other aspects of their life, banking, everything through to getting your shopping, all aspects of their life they do digitally and they, they don't see why advice would be different. Mm. Uh, be that, when I say digital, I don't just mean online with it, uh, an autobot, but but video and telephone based advice as well. Yeah, I think those people will have, will see the industry, understand that more, and respond to that. But you will have people for whom they want the comfort of having somebody sitting in their front room explaining to them and their kind of loved ones and partners their current financial situation, what they need to be doing, and prefer the tactile nature of a face to face advice and air response will cover both rather than focus on one over the other. No, fair enough too. And just to move away from um, the pandemic for a moment, because um, we've all heard about that uh, 
quite a lot over the past few months. Um, the news broke this morning about the uh, you know the inter- this restructure of um, the national quilters national advice business, um, especially for Charles Darby and Lighthouse. Um, how is that integration going? Uh, yeah, so the integrations are going well. We we manage them as two separate integrations. So mm. the first one is Charles Darby. Uh, we acquired Charles Darby in February uh, 2019, uh, and we'll expect to complete the integration of that at the end of April. Uh, the integration has gone very well. The most recent uh, significant milestone in that integration was rebranding the Charles Darby business as Quilter Financial Advisors, mm. uh, which we did on the 27th of January, and that's gone well. The, the final matters are things like dealing with some of the minor issues on websites uh, and branding and things like that, uh, as well as some of our kind of risk-based controls and finance oversight. So that integration has gone well. As I said, schedule's complete at the end of the month. On Lighthouse, again, the integration's going well. That We acquired that business in uh, June 2019, so the integration is not as far advanced as, as the Charles Darby integration, but mm-hmm. continue to go well. Uh, we, within that, Lighthouse have a number of business channels, three of which uh, come into my world and the national. That's Lighthouse Financial Advice, Lighthouse Mortgage and Protection Solutions, and Lighthouse Carwood. Of that, two of those channels, Lighthouse Financial Advice and Lighthouse Mortgage and Protection Solutions, have adopted our air advice controls and air restricted advice proposition entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had completed all the training of those advisors prior to the COVID-19 lockdown, which was fortunate timing in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those guys are operating well on that, and we've retained uh, those advisors through that change of proposition, change of process, which, which has gone well. Uh, and generally, the integration of Lighthouse is proceeding uh, very well. That when, when we were deciding on acquiring Charles Darby and Lighthouse, that was part of Quilter's desire to build out its national advice proposition and business. Uh, and the plan for that was to bring the Lighthouse businesses that I mentioned, the Charles Darby business, and a business called Quilter Private Client Advisors, together to form one quilter branded national advice business. Within that business, we have two uh, routes to market, as we call them. Uh, they may also be called brands. Well, one is quilter private client advisors, and that's a uh, route to market for more affluent, more wealthy uh, UK clients. And we believe there are a million uh, target clients in the UK for that proposition. And then we have quilter financial advisors which is for what we call Middle Britain, so the vast majority of uh, client potential clients in the UK who can afford to pay for and would benefit from financial advice, of which mm-hmm. we believe there are 9 million clients in the UK. So we brought those businesses together to form that. And as an example, the Charles Darby business, the Lighthouse Financial Advice business, and the Lighthouse Mortgage Protection Solutions business have come together to be Quilter Financial Advisors. That, that is the cornerstone of our middle written proposition. Do you think this will provide a better offer offering for clients? Yes. So I think having having all in the two, same basket, so to speak. Yeah, having two targeted propositions, I think will help. So on if I give kind of examples, maybe one from either side, in our quilter private client advisors proposition, we will have a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners uh, in that proposition who have 
broader tax planning needs, have estate planning needs, for example. So their financial planning requirements for us are more complex and require ongoing adaptation and tailoring, particularly in these current environments. Whereas if I look at Quilter Financial Advisors, we're often dealing with people who are building a nest egg for their retirement. They're going to retire at a traditional period and their core interest and need is, is the, their nest egg and the amount they're putting aside sufficient to meet their plans for when they want to retire and their plans for what they do when they want to retire. So having two distinct propositions, I think works well for, for those client bases. Okay, and talking about Lighthouse as well, um, I spoke with Paul Feeney, um, oh, a month or so ago now before the lockdown um, regarding Lighthouse after the uh, results. Um, and we did speak about Lighthouse briefly and he, we were talking about, um, you know, how many advisors are going to come over to what he said was an announcement coming up soon, which was today. Um, yeah. Have all have the Lighthouse advisors um, been happy to hop on board with this or have there been any issues with those advisors as well? Um, no, so in, in Lighthouse, Lighthouse had five channels uh, within its business that, that its advisors were, were uh, organized between. Mm. Three of those channels come into the national. Uh, yep. I mentioned that's Lighthouse Financial Advice, uh, Lighthouse Mortgage Protection Solutions and Lighthouse Carwood. Sorry, all long names. Uh, and those guys have in, embraced being part of a national. They were already within Lighthouse part of a national. Uh, they see the benefit of the Quilter brand. Mm-hmm. They see the benefit of the scale and financial and relationship support that Quilter brings to them. Uh, and things like Quilter's uh, sponsoring of uh, the English rugby team, as an example, operates as a door opener. So mm-hmm. when they went with a business card which said Lighthouse on it, only a smaller cohort of, of clients knew what Lighthouse was. With Quilter, at least you have an open door conversation, which is, have you heard of Quilter? And the answer may be yes or no. And then the next one is, you may have seen them sponsoring England Rugby, and the answer goes, oh, yes, or Country Fund. Uh, so for those guys, it's been well-received, and we have have the advantage of having lots of experience as to how to integrate uh, acquired advice businesses within Quilter Financial Planning. Then there's two other channels in Lighthouse, which is what was called Laser, which is the Lighthouse Network, which has the appointed representative structures, and Lighthouse Wealth, which is a similar business. Both of those businesses are part of our network proposition, mm-hmm. which again, we have a lot of field presence and support to help them through. And we're managing the integration of those in a different way than we are for the national. But the general uh, feedback is very positive. They mostly know some of the individuals within their business, which always helps. Uh, and therefore there's some trusted people that they know and have dealt with in the past. Okay, no worries. And did- if we can just go back to um, COVID-19 for a moment. Sure. Um, and you know, talking talk about the future, we're in such a um, you know, troubled place at the moment. I think it's one way most of us or some of us are getting through is to think, um, think you know, perhaps happier times ahead. What do you, in terms of the advice profession, do you think this advice will change moving forward? Do you think there will be change to come out of this? Yeah, I, I, I think it will have be touched on it uh, a little earlier. Uh, I, I, I think we'll find that technology is embraced more in the advice business than it has been in the, in the past. Mm. I, I think people either discounted it because they hadn't used it or were nervous of using it and felt they wouldn't be skilled. 
so it, it was was not as adopted as strongly as it should have been. Mm-hmm. So I think people will see that as a core part of the proposition. And I think both advisors and clients will see that it can be a more efficient way to deliver advice where, where that's the case, uh, but also a less invasive way. So, so a person appearing on a screen to talk to you about your financial planning and then you can control when that meeting stops and starts rather than someone physically coming to, to your house. I think that may bring more people into the advice uh, loop than was previously the case, as, as an example. Mm. Uh, I think that's one. Uh, I think, the, as I mentioned earlier, I think good quality and the better quality advice businesses will have focused on helping their clients through what are incredibly uncertain times. Mm. So I use the example in, in our Quilter Private Client Advisors business, we have a number of entrepreneurs and small and medium-sized uh, business owners. Those guys have gone through an enormous amount of upheaval in the last month or so. Having somebody that can help be a voice of calmness and help them to make the right decisions for themselves, their family and their business, I think builds a trusted relationship which will hopefully stand them in good stead for the years to come. Mm. So I think there's two examples of, I think, what we as advice businesses can take forward. I suppose what I've found too, oh no, very good points. And what I've found too, which is no, not surprising, but um, interesting over the past four weeks, um, speaking to many advisors and firms and CEOs, execs and et cetera, et cetera. Um, there is a lot of camaraderie around at the moment um, since everyone's been in lockdown. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, advisors talking to each other who, you know, otherwise wouldn't have been. And a lot of larger firms, um, you know, helping each other out with advice and that sort of thing. Um, how to get through it. Is, is Quill just seeing this at all? Was there kind of a buzz of camaraderie around the uh, advice profession at the moment? Um, yeah, I, I think I think there is. I think we're seeing it far more at the uh, appointed representative principal level, mm. uh, business owners within the advice profession, uh, reaching out to, to other business owners. We have uh, mechanisms within Quilter Financial Planning we call peer groups where we can put people in, in touch with similar like-minded people. Mm. I, I think they, they've enjoyed that. I think they're also being part of a bigger advice business is helpful for them now because there is somewhere to go. If they don't know what to do, that there is somebody that they can go and find out uh, help and guidance. It mm. may, not, may not be that we know the perfect answer, but at least we'll have more scale, we'll have similar people with similar issues, uh, and we'll probably have done a bit more work thinking it through so I think that that's also been helpful I think for the smaller directly authorized firms in there I think it can be a lonely time mm. where you're trying to manage your clients through it you're trying to manage your staff through it and you're trying to manage your business through mm. taking fundamental shock so I think where you can find people to help and kind of have a safe space to talk about what you need to do and kind of validate your thoughts I think is a good place Mm-hmm. No, very much so. And you talk about managing clients um, and something that hasn't been brought up recently, which I've found is a lot of people talking about, you know, easing clients through this terrible, um, you know, this very um, horrible situation at the moment. A lot of them are stressing um, and there is a lot of distress around um, or both everyone in the sector really and across the world. Um, what um, what would your thoughts be on or what is Quilter's approach on, you know, getting new clients? Is there any guidance to advisors on that or any thoughts? Um, so. so- we're going through our advice process is unchanged uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of that. 
so, so we are open for business. Uh, we think now is a good time to invest. So, so if you are a potential client and you have the, the financial capability to invest, the, the markets are at a very, very low point. So, so it's a good point to commit if you, if you have a particular goal. So we are open for business. We have certain controls in place. Uh, so for example, uh, our controls around vulnerable client, uh, we, those controls are set and prescribed. We know exactly how they work in a face-to-face meeting. Uh, we have articulated how we believe they work in video-based advice and telephone-based advice, but that is naturally more difficult when you're meeting a client for the first time. So there are areas where we're, although open for business, we are very careful about making sure that the client is fully aware of what they need to do uh, and our processes and controls ensure that we put the client at, at, at the heart of what we do. Mm-hmm. And so yes, open. And we also, even from existing clients, we are getting more client contact with clients saying they think now is a good time to be back in the market where they've mm. been meeting because they thought the markets were a bit too rich before, then we are clients who are looking to take money out or looking for reassurance as to whether what they should be doing. So you, you are seeing a mix of client reaction. No, very well said, very well said. Well, Darren, thank you very much for the, the chat this afternoon. It was lovely to speak with you. And uh, I'll leave you be this afternoon, let you go enjoy the garden. Cheers, thanks James, enjoy your afternoon.